Sophia's Choice, the official Golden Girls podcast of Bumblebee Tuna. Yum, yum, Bumble, Bumblebee Tuna. I love Bumblebee, Bumblebee Tuna. My name's Brenton. If this podcast were a tasty Bumblebee Tuna sandwich, I'd be the whole wheat bread that bookends the episode. The protein of this week's episode, that tasty, tasty, all-white meat Bumblebee Tuna, is being provided by Alan. And, of course, we have Ski, the creamy mayonnaise that holds it all together. Yum, yum, bumble, bumblebee tuna. I love bumblebee, bumblebee tuna. Yum, yum, bumble, bumblebee tuna. I love a sandwich made with bumblebee. This week, we're proud to announce our latest endeavor with the fine, fine folks at Bumblebee Tuna. It's the first ever Sophia's Choice Virtual K Fun Run. To participate, all you need to do is to run or walk Five kilometers at some point between now and Labor Day weekend. We're using the honor system here, so please be truthful when you report to Alan that you've completed your 3.1 miles of fun. If he thinks you're being honest, he'll send you a collectible Sophia's Choice sticker. Now, this next part is what excites me, and it was made possible by a grant from the Bumblebee Tuna people. If you walk or run a half marathon, that's 13.1 miles, Alan will send you two stickers, one for you and one for to pass on to the charity of your choice. <laughs> it's a nice way for you to give back to your community. Thanks, Bumblebee Tuna. Without further delay, here's Alan with this week's recap. That's one of the funniest things you've ever said. I, I, I mean, thank you, Bumblebee. <laughs> yes, thank you, Bumblebee Tuna. I just don't know how I feel about you getting these sponsorships <laughs> beyond their backs. This is not one of those those MPT things they're doing now and or whatever. Like you know, now in, in in NCAA sports, now the players can go out and get sponsorship deals, um, okay. and this feels like that kind of a circumstance. <laughs> but, well, uh, thanks to the good folks at Bumblebee Tuna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Today we're going over our Golden Girls Season 7, Episode 20, A Midwinter Night's Dream, mm -hmm. Part 1. Uh, this was aired on uh, February 29th, uh, 1992. I would imagine the only leap year episode that they ever did, or leap yeah. day episode. Yeah. Ski pointed out something really interesting that in this episode they talk about um, leap day being... or a full moon on a, leap day. Yeah, a full moon. This episode actually aired on that leap day, so mm -hmm. that's... Probably some of the best timing they've ever had mm -hmm. on that. Definitely. I'm sure it was, yeah, it had to have been something they planned for in advance, I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly. Like, with this being the only Leap Day episode, it would have been a good episode for a Florida man. Yeah. Uh, but there were, how many things do you think have happened in Florida on Leap Day that would have been Oh, I'm sure the crazies come out. You're probably right, <laughs> yeah, to be honest. I mean, they come out Especially on a normal day. A, yeah. So. Especially for a full moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I don't know who handled the transportation, but I can't tell you that uh, it was written by Kevin Abbott um, <laughs> and directed by Alex Caceres. Um, now, I've got 
it's funny. A couple episodes back, uh, Brent gave us two different recaps. Mm-hmm. One that he wrote himself, <laughs> and mm-hmm. one that was done with the assistance of AI. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost imperceivable. Yeah, exactly, because mm-hmm. AI is so good at this point. Now, <laughs> now while his second recap, or I guess really his first, the way that he did it, mm-hmm. was all written by AI, mm-hmm. I also have two versions of my recap. Mm-hmm. One was written solely by me, and one was uh, written with the assistance of AI. Um, really? Yes. Uh, so... What I did here is the first one is in my, you know, my uh-huh. normal language, you yeah. know, the, the parlance of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, the second one is going to be the same stuff, but it is written Shakespearean. Oh, um, gotcha. Oh, I'm excited about yeah. this. It may not be as good as you think, but I think it'll be <laughs> at least somewhat interesting. Okay. Now, would you guys, I'll go scene by scene. I have six scenes in here that we're doing. Okay. Um. How do you want me to present this? Would you like me to start with the Shakespearean yes. and then do we go scene, scene one, scene one, scene two, scene two? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Shakespearean it. first and then dumb it down for us. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, some of this on this uh, this AI, it's maybe not as advanced and smart as yeah. smart as the one that you used, Brent, okay. um, because there's a lot of just it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> thrown in there uh, willy-nilly, but still, uh, I think it'll be fun. Okay. All right, well, scene one. Who's the luckiest wench uh, in the history of the world? Twasn't Brent's mother. It's did Rose. After endless hours of dead-end gust buds, did Rose have wanteth a drawing for a free prostate exam? Victorious, the lady and Dorothy exchange. Who's no more brain than stone anon? You art. Yeah, no more brain than stone all the way to the bank. (laughs) (laughs) Blanche cometh in asking about the guest listeth for yon moonlight madness party and espousing the power of belief. Uh, It's a leapeth year and the full moon, so aught can befall. It's not all excitement and games, though, as we learneth a bedlam named Lena... Pascarelli did Leia be shrew on an infant Dorothy. <laughs> Beware the leapeth year's full moon. What doth thee expect? Poetry? <laughs> Sophia is anon in a raceth against the hour long to saveth Dorothy. The lady might uh, not but kisseth a blinking idiot, holt a holy sir, and bewrayeth betrayal of did loved one. <laughs> All in a day's work for skis jointress. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I guess I have two comments. Yes. Um, number one, I mean it's kind of a good curse because it kind of guarantees that Sophia's gonna live until, you know, a full moon happens on a leap day. Yeah, that's true. You know, so you know, he gave her eighty some years of life, you know. And then the second thing is, would you rather be known for your brains or your stones? Oh, I don't know. I mean I brains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's uh, the stones, if, if we're talking, no one really cares about the stones, yeah. do they? <laughs> yeah, no one's ever like, oh, check out the, or Alan must have a big set of stones. Yeah. To... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no one's ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right, so then I'll give you guys the English or, or the, the current English version. Okay, yeah. All right, so who's the luckiest girl in the history of the world? It wasn't Brent's mother, it's Rose. After endless hours and deadened taste buds, Rose has won a drawing for a free prostate exam. Victoria, she and Dorothy exchange, who's stupid now? You are. Yeah, stupid all the way to the bank. 
Blanche comes <laughs> in asking about the guest list for her Moonlight Madness party and espousing the power of belief. It's a leap year and a full moon, so anything can happen. It's not all fun and games, though, as we learn a witch named Alina Pascarelli laid a curse on an infant Dorothy. Beware the leap year's full moon. What do you expect? Poetry? <laughs> <laughs> Sophia is now in a race against the clock to save Dorothy. She must kiss a fool, help a holy man, and reveal betrayal of a loved one. All in a day's work for Ski's wife. <laughs> <laughs> So did either of you, uh, you know, have any comments, any additional comments, now that it's uh, all been laid bare? Mm -mm. <laughs> what about you, Ski? No, I'm, I'm full steam ahead. All right, good deal. I think that I actually used that term somewhere later in the in my recap. <laughs> full steam ahead? Something to that nature, mm -hmm. anyway. Maybe I say all in, I don't remember. We'll get there. I would say, say full speed. Full speed ahead? Yeah. All right, well, moving into scene two. Okay. We started scene two in the kitchen with Blanche asking... If tea be true, her necklace compliments her bosom. <laughs> did, Ro <laughs> did Rose walks in and informs the girl the lady hath wonneth another contest. Mere buttocks stuffeth awaits as the lady hast wonneth all the expenses hath paid honeymoon tripeth to Paris. Did Rose, however, donst not planeth to marrieth Miles? The lady only entered the contest for the thrill of victory. The sweaty haste of adrenaline, at which hour thee realizeth yond you grappled Madam Chance, and did <laughs> fling her bloodied and flung out to the mat. <laughs> and just at which hour thee bethink she's dead, the lady gets up again, and thee hath to give her one of those Van Dam moves to the chap. <laughs> Blanche and Dorothy, and tryeth to convince did Rose yond, perhaps the winneth is a signaleth yond its time, to tieth the knotteth. Mm. Like I said, there gets into some parts where just a lot of ifs get thrown mm. in. That, I mean, there is so much reference to Van Damme kicks yeah. in Shakespeare. <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, that's almost spot on. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I would say the Van Damme probably originated in Shakespeare. <laughs> and you think it was a stage name? That's where he got it? Probably, yeah. He was a Shakespearean actor for a while and said, I, I will steal this name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, then to give this to you here in our more common tongue, um, <laughs> we start scene two in the kitchen with Blanche asking if her necklace compliments her bosom. Rose walks in and informs the girl that she has won another contest. More butt stuff awaits as she has won an all-expenses-paid <laughs> honeymoon trip to Paris. Rose, however, does not plan to marry Miles. She only enters the contest for the thrill of victory. The rush of adrenaline when you realize that you've grappled Madam Chance and flung her bloodied and beaten to the mat. And just when you think she's dead, she gets up again and you have to give her one of those Van Damme moves to the jaw. Blanche and Dorothy try to convince Rose that perhaps the win is a sign that it's time to tie the knot. So, so anything on that one? Mm -mm. I think I'm good. So would you agree, though, like if you had won a contest um, that, and you were, you know, it wouldn't have to be a marriage situation, but any <laughs> similar kind of situation where this contest would maybe indicate that you should go. Do you think, are you the type who looks for signs at all? Or do you think you would just still dismiss it as like, oh, just coincidence? Yeah, I would, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't read too much into that. Yeah, I don't think I do either. I think uh, Sherry is definitely more into mysticism and such. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't believe in ghosts or anything like that either. Yeah. Um, I think she's more willing to, to look at those things like signs mm -hmm. and yeah. whatnot, but. If anything, I would say that I recognize totally that after the fact. 
Like, I don't necessarily look for a sign to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. But if I see that something was very coincidental after the fact, I might view that as, man, that really worked out in my favor. The Lord was looking out for me or something. See, I fear you probably mostly look in the past to look for things to justify your actions. <laughs> <laughs> I was only following orders. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now, do either of you two believe in a, uh, for you personally, not the universe or the world or anything, mm-hmm. but for you as an individual, believe in a grand plan that, like, you are set mm-hmm. upon a path by a higher power and that, you know, that that's whatever happens, it's just part like, of the like plan fate, for essentially? you. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do. Um, I don't want to get into all of it, but if you want to go to just crack open the book of Job, it's mm-hmm. com- <laughs> comparable to that. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that I at all go. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that you're just going to skim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not a grand plan kind of a guy either, yeah. for that matter. So. Um, <laughs> I feel like that takes away a little bit of our freedom of choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just it's my lot in life to suffer. <laughs> right. Thank the maker. And here you are. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit A right here. Your purgatory. <laughs> here on earth. <laughs> Do you feel that you're atoning for your sins now so that you have a little less time in purgatory after this plane of existence? essentially like buying time ahead of yeah (laughs) paying off his debts now (laughs) exactly (laughs) wasn't there like a televangelist where you could like buy credits to get into heaven or something oh I'm sure I mean heck that's gone all the way back to like buying you know things from the church back in the 1400s oh yeah yeah so yeah that stuff's always been going on all right, uh, well, scene three. It's time for a sausage party, and the moonlight <laughs> madness has to be begun. Blanche is getting nay action, but Sophia is getting titith on coquille more, uh, at which hour the lady did hang out at the midnight showing of Harold and Maud. I <laughs> <laughs> watched that again. That's one of my favorites. I just love that one so much. With one suitor... Uh, Suther uh, declaring yon wrinkles art sexy. Mm-hmm. Blanche and Sophia bethink the moon is causing unusual behavior, but Dorothy doth take a dump on their <laughs> <laughs> on their very on I don't know. Sophia still needeth to complimenteth our task, but the lady have lady can't kisseth did Rose, as did Rose is a simpleton, not a blinking idiot. Miles shows up, and she uh, and the sir did Rose was talking to reveals himself to beest yon blinking idiot, and Sophia uh, that Sophia was looking for. One uninvited guest arrives as Carol Weston crashes the party, stealing the scene and the hearts of some fusty losers. <laughs> <laughs> fusty, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, it's time for a sausage party, and the moonlight madness has begun. Blanche is getting no action, but Sophia is getting hit on even more than when she hung out at the midnight showing of Harold and Maud, with one suitor saying that wrinkles are sexy. Blanche and Sophia think the moon is causing the unusual, the unusual behavior, but Dorothy takes a dump on their theory. 
I guess that was the word I was stumbling on there in the other. Uh, Sophia still needs to complete her task, but she can't kiss Rose, as Rose is a simpleton and not a fool. Miles shows up, and the man Rose was talking to reveals himself to be that fool that Sophia was looking for. One uninvited guest shows as Carol Weston crashes the party, stealing the scene and the hearts of some old losers. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you feel? I know that you're a bigger Barbara fan than you yes, are of uh, definitely. of Carol, but I thought Carol did pretty solid in her scene here. Yeah, yeah. I think she every time she's shown up, it's mm-hmm. been good. Yeah. You know? She's just a good sad sack character. And you don't often see that as a lady. Mm-hmm. You know, Normally, it's the dude who's all sad sack. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It reminds me of uh, Parks and Rec, how mm-hmm. the first season of Parks and Rec, um, you know, Amy Poehler's character, mm-hmm. she was much more sad sack, much more like Steve Carell um, mm-hmm. in The Office. Mm-hmm. And I think people didn't care for it being being mm-hmm. that it was a female character. Mm-hmm. And so then they kind of adjusted her character a bit to just make her, you know, super driven mm-hmm. and career oriented. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think, and maybe it's because she's not the number one main character mm-hmm. in uh, Empty Nest. But yeah, the sad sack doesn't get played by a woman all that frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I know. There's a lot of sad sack dudes in this world, too, though. So, mm-hmm. it kind of <laughs> makes sense that more of them would be <laughs> featured yeah. on TV. Yeah. Who's your favorite sad sack dude in a sitcom ever? Probably uh, Ray Barone. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I don't know. That's just... You're, you're putting me on the spot. I don't have one, like, off the tip of my uh, head. But. Okay. I'd go with Ted from Scrubs. Oh, Ted, Ted. Yeah, that's is a that great the, one. I'll that, go. I'll, I'll change that to that. Uh, is that the uh, is the accountant guy? Yeah, the bald guy. Um, I don't think I know him. Yeah, no, he is a, a super sad sack. That's yeah, a good one. He just follows Kelso around and gets yelled at. Or yeah, and I don't even know if Ray is really a sad sack exactly. I mean, he's uh, yeah. uh, pessimistic or whatever, but I don't know if sad sack would be the right yeah. way to describe him. Yeah, like his cousin. He's sad sack, you know. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. everything's bad, and you never win. Everything's crappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, so we got anything else from scene three before we get into our next uh, Shakespearean? Nope. Read? All right. What about you, Ski? Full steam of head. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Full head of steam. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, even trying to imitate it <laughs> is a challenge. All right. Well, scene four. Uh, Miles and Did Rose arc on the lanai with Miles waxing poetic and two joining together with some spirited bane. Did Rose endure up getting did married? But Miles wanteth to saveth wage for a proper honeymoon. Did Rose reveals yon the lady wanteth to wind in Paris? But a frustrated Miles replies, Rose. Thee knoweth what round tripeth bus tickets to Paris, Texas did cost? <laughs> Miles starts uh, talking nimble-footed the horror about France, <laughs> but at which hour did Rose reveal yon the lady wanteth the contest that gent is all in? <laughs> that gent wanteth to marrieth, did Rose concluded, but it and the free honeymoon is but a bonus. That gent wanteth a proper proposal, so did Rose get down on one ham. <laughs> Miles doesn't actually sayeth I, but tis implied. Mm-hmm. So for the uh, lay, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, Miles and Rose are on the lanai with Miles waxing poetic uh, and two joining together with some spirited howling. Rose brings up getting married, but Miles wants to save money for a proper honeymoon. Rose reveals that she wants to go to Paris, but a flustered mild re- replies, Rose, 
you know a round trip bus tickets to Paris, Texas cost? I think that was my favorite line of this one. That was really funny. Uh, <laughs> Miles starts uh, talking mad shit about France, <laughs> but when <laughs> Rose reveals that she won the contest, he's all in. Uh, he wants to marry Rose anyway, and the free honeymoon is a bonus. Uh, he does, though, want a proper proposal, so Rose gets down on one knee. Miles doesn't actually say yes, but it is implied. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I mean, obviously, I think the the initial implication was that he wanted to properly propose yes. to Rose, mm-hmm. but I thought it was great that she went ahead and did the... She was on top of it, yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, okay, well, here we go. So anything there in scene four? I don't think so. I even, think it doesn't even say, like, I think I'm going to cry. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, even with uh, even with me doing the double recap here, <laughs> we're still <laughs> burning through this episode at uh, I do season like one, episode was, 20 speed. It called back <laughs> again the fact that uh, he was a cheapskate in previous episodes. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Well, and I feel like that um, I, I get the idea of wanting to save up for a proper honeymoon, but at the same time, I feel like the honeymoon is such a minor part of getting mm-hmm. married. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, to me, that's almost an excuse not to get married than it is mm-hmm. an actual reason. Well, it's yeah. not like they have to have a fan, like a fancy wedding anyway. Yeah, I mean, they could just get married there at the house. And uh, the honeymoon doesn't have to be like that day. If mm-hmm. Yeah, get exactly. Married, you can like go a year later or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. So I will give you guys four French items. Okay. okay? And you need to rank your top three. All right. So one of them you can just get rid of or whatever. Or we but just rank it fourth? You could, I guess. But <laughs> it's just implied. <laughs> it's just implied, I guess. Um, so I'm not really sure. I want to list them alphabetically. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll list them alphabetically, and then you tell me in which order you would rank them. All right. Okay. So these are four uh, en français French items. Okay. Okay. Options are French fries, okay. French kissing, mm. French mustard, or French toast. All right. Let's see. Well, now when you say French mustard, is that mm-hmm. a a type of mustard, or are you just talking about French's brand of just mustard? French's brand mustard? Okay. Yeah. So we got French's mustard, French fries, French kissing, and French toast. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, so I guess I feel like I should. Go with what a 44-year-old Alan would say, not a younger Alan. Yeah, so you go so with... <laughs> probably got to go with French fries first. <laughs> um, then, you know, I still got a little spark left in me, so I'll go with French kissing second. Okay. Um, I am not... I'm probably just going to not even rank that French toast and just throw it right out, okay. and I'll go with French's mustard as third for myself. Okay. <laughs> nice. Now, does it matter that French fries are actually not French? Correct. It does not matter. Okay. I don't know if French toast is even French. I also don't even know what the French invented tongue kissing. <laughs> or <laughs> French's mustard. Is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's probably just a, some dude's name. Yeah. Yeah. Like like John French. Or I could list Mr. French. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a French bulldog or a French poodle. I just, you know. No. What about a French horn? Yeah, exactly. French horn. I should have <laughs> thought of that one. What's the uh, guy on Third Rock from the Sun? French Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been another great one. Um, so for this me, is what happens when we try to improv and build yeah. time. <laughs> I appreciate it nonetheless. Yeah. So. I'm definitely going French kissing first. Okay. Then fries. Then the uh, French toast. And I have no desire to have anything to do with French uh, mustard. 
So are you not a fan of mustard at all? No, I'm not. Mm. Now, I do kind of like honey mustard sometimes, but and mm-hmm. I've had like a Dijon mustard before that I like yeah. the right. But generally speaking, I don't like mustards. Yeah. Mm. Mustard's probably one of my favorite condiments. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I may have mentioned this on the podcast before because, you know, we've been doing this a while now, but... Mm-hmm. When I was working, oh. a young man working at McDonald's, I made 20 bucks by drinking a 21-ounce cup of mustard. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I, I had, think you did tell me about that, but, man, that would just make me vomit. Well, I had to keep it down for 10 minutes. That was part of the bet, uh-huh. and I did. I kept it down for 10 minutes, and then I did throw it up afterwards. <laughs> and How much did you say it was? A 21-ounce cup, like yeah. a medium-sized cup, and uh, it was full to the brim. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. And then when I threw it up, it's like it was coming out my nose and burning. <laughs> like it was real. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I still had mustard on my sandwich the next day. It didn't, you know, yeah. <laughs> ward me off the mustard. I'm <laughs> enough of a fan. Uh, <laughs> so Brent, where where are your rankings for these four? Um, so I would go uh, mustard number one, mm. uh, kissing number two, fries number three, toast number four. Okay. You mean toast? You just throw out? <laughs> yeah, just get rid of it. <laughs> I mean, I like French toast as much as the next guy, but it's just I don't yeah. need it. Well, the thing is, I feel like that if I'm thinking about a sweet breakfast thing, I'd mm. rather take pancakes with something mm. on top of them. Or I'd take an old-fashioned donut. Yeah, like for sure. Plain yeah. cake or waffles, donut. Yeah. yeah, I like waffles a lot. Yeah, French toast, as far as the sweet breakfast uh, foods, would be low on my list. I take a muffin, honestly, before yeah. I take French toast. I mean, a good muffin, but yeah. still. Yeah. You know one breakfast food that I will never, ever, ever, ever ever sample or try okay wait let me guess all right let me get let me see if i can get a couple clues first is this a breakfast thing that is a normal breakfast food or something specific to a restaurant you could purchase it at your grocery store okay um let's see i'm gonna guess because you're kind of an oddball and sometimes you don't try things that are very common Mm -hmm. maybe it's a it won't be a pop tart but it'll be i think a toaster strudel Okay. What do you think, Ski? Grapefruit. Okay. Uh, I like grapefruit as much as the next guy. And um, you're half right, okay? I will never, ever, ever under any circumstances sample or try um, the unfrosted Pop-Tarts. Ah, I <laughs> what think, is the point? Yeah. Exactly. That is just an abomination. <laughs> that is a bad batch that made it through the QC process, and they're like, well, we're just going to slap this in a box and that say we like meant to do that. Lost yeah, a, I agree. Someone lost a lawsuit or something. They had to do that for some reason. Like, yeah, like just nobody's favorite part of the pop tart is that outer edge. Right. It's like <laughs> nobody's like, oh, we should make the whole thing just like this. It'd be like buying a bag of bread that was all, all heels. Crust. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right on that. Like, I, I just don't see. Like, who's like, oh, this pop tart is just too sweet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's so many other options. Like, why are you buying a pop tart? Exactly. <laughs> What's next? No filling. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's just like a like a crust. Yeah. Like, it's like a cardboard almost. It's no longer a tart, just a pop crust. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I guess you're gonna heat it up or not. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Hundred uh, percent mm-hmm. on board with that. Yeah, I mean that's just a breakfast for sociopaths. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're eating an unfrosted pop tart for breakfast, shouldn't that put you, you on a list? Yeah, like, you should. Like, <laughs> like the FBI is tracking you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Hey, you know who else liked unfrosted pop tarts? Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He had his own filling. Right. Well, it wasn't the filling? Oh, yeah, frosting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But now that you mention it, though, like, <laughs> like, what do you think you would do? Like, you know, you find a grocery store that still has cashiers, mm-hmm. and you go through the line, and you've only got two items, you know, mm-hmm. your box of unfrosted Pop-Tarts and a tub <laughs> of cake frosting. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to rectify this situation, ma'am. <laughs> I just like the idea too that you're all like, <laughs> it's just not, live with this. It's not thick enough frosting. <laughs> I like I like the tart part of it, but really, it just needs a lot more on top <laughs> to meet my needs. Exactly, exactly. This this pop tart needs sixteen ounces of funfetti right on yeah. top. <laughs> then we got a real party in my mouth. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way to start my day. Exactly. Edge to edge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both sides. <Yeah. laughs> that is one thing they don't do, you know. It is weird, like that they that they made a fucking unfrosted pop tart, but they never made a double frosted pop tart. <laughs> that seems like that'd be so much more popular. <laughs> Even if they gave you one less pack of pop tarts in order to get like a six pack of double frosted, I think people would definitely buy it. Yeah. So I don't know. If the good people over at, what is it, Post? Do they make yes, pop-tarts? I guess so, yeah, probably. You can send us a free box, at least for the idea. No, they can't. <laughs> they can't? We're exclusive to Bumblebee oh. Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> so they're the only food item? <laughs> so Bumblebee Tuna is the exactly. official breakfast That's of Sophia's Choice? <laughs> not al- <laughs> We're not allowed anything else. <laughs> then what if we frost our unfrosted Pop-Tarts using Bumblebee Tuna? <laughs> then is it allowed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't make the rules. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have signed the contract if you didn't know what you were getting us into. You but... please pass me the delicious bumblebee tuna like bagel? <laughs> Is bumblebee tuna an actual brand? I think so. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he's right. I've seen it before too, I think. Yeah. I don't know if you just heard the name bumblebee tuna on something else and just really latched on. But I, I was did. curious as whether or not you like listen to like actual old ads or something to get that. Yeah, no, um I was listening to the ska playlist and the ska band was doing the bumblebee tuna song. Oh, okay. And it got stuck in my head and I was like, Oh, I wanna sing that. Oh, I know an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Made the best of your time, sir. Exactly. Well, well done padding out our episode a little bit there. <laughs> got to do more respectable length now. And I got a little padding at the end, too, that we can add in. But um, but for now, getting back into it, uh, scene five, uh, the commercial breaketh is <laughs> or, and Blanche is still miserable. Carol is leaving because the lady doesn't want any of these horny seniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche decides to receiveth the hot tub and poppeth ope a vein <laughs> as Sophia reaches for a betrayal to be beray. Mm-hmm. Sophia sends Carol off to seeketh revenge for a crime Barbara may or may not has committed. Mm-hmm. Blanche finally finds a teabag named Derek to <laughs> soothe her bruised ego. Sophia is disappointed at which hour that gent saith that gent doesn't plan to betray Blanche, and the scene ends. Mm-hmm. All right, so the commercial break is over, and Blanche is still miserable. Mm-hmm. Carol's leaving because she doesn't want any of these horny seniors. Blanche decides to get uh, to get the hot tub and open a vein as Sophia <laughs> as Sophia searches for a betrayal to reveal. 
Sophia sends Carol off to seek revenge for a crime Barbara may or may not have committed, but forgets to ask Carol what uh, her revenge is going to be mm-hmm. so that she'd be able to uh, reveal it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche finally finds a teabag named Derek to soothe her bruised ego. Sophia is disappointed when he says he doesn't plan to betray Blanche, and the scene ends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like Derek. I, I enjoyed yeah. his little part in the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what happens with him in uh, part two. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I, I feel like there's got to be part. more Derek to it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think so. Do you guys have anything else there in scene five? Uh, yeah, just generally speaking, like, I think that's probably my favorite little back and forth as far as. Uh, um, how Sophia was playing the sisters off each other. Oh, yeah, with mm-hmm. Carol, yeah. yeah. Are you excited? Because I know that Barbara shows up in part two. Oh, she does? Yeah. Nice. Because she was in the credits on IMDb, which gotcha. I knew she wasn't in this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her part. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, and I get to do the recap for that one, too. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you're going to get to dote over her again. Exactly. <laughs> Gushing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Let's just hope that it's only his words that are gushing. Am I right, right? guys? Yeah. <laughs> Um, or other stuff. Yeah. I think we want not the other stuff. <laughs> That's why I specifically said only his words. Or, yeah, something else too, maybe. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Hi, I'm top. <laughs> All right. Well, the uh, the final scene of Parteth One begins with Dorothy retreating to the lanai to escape at the constant attention of the party guests. Miles is having second thoughts, and Dorothy airs her did Rose grievances. Dorothy quotes some Shakespeare, and we see it the worst scene in the entire series. I'd rather see it the girls ransack another shelter than see it the Dorothy <laughs> kissing Miles. <laughs> but both the audience and Sophia beareth witness. Mm-hmm. At least we finally have the story of more woe than Yond of Juliet and her Romeo. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. So then once again, just to finalize this mm-hmm. one, uh, the final scene of part one begins with Dorothy retreating to the lanai to escape the constant attention of the party guests. Miles is having second thoughts and Dorothy airs her rose grievances. Dorothy quotes some Shakespeare and we see the worst scene of the entire series. And again, I'd rather see the girls ransack another shelter than see Dorothy kissing Miles, but both the audience and Sophia bear witness. Mm-hmm. At least we finally have a story of more woe than that of Juliet and her mm-hmm. Romeo. Yeah, Very so, nice. Yeah, I think the worst thing that they've done in a single scene. Agreed. And so, so wildly out of character yeah. for both, for of, both them. of them. Yeah. yeah, neither one's prone to go from zero to 60 that quick, right. especially with somebody who means something to another person on the show. I totally agree. Um, which, I enjoyed the episode, but that little bit definitely, mm-hmm. you know, definitely hurt it for me, to say mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. So, but yeah, so that is our, oh, let's see, we do have some guest actors okay. before we get into our final little bit. Yep. Uh, Harold Gould was playing Miles for the 12th to 14 times. Um, we had a uh, Dinah Manoff. She was Carol for the. It's the second of two Golden Girls, but it may be three because she might be in part two. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure because I haven't watched part two yeah. just yet. Then we had a uh, Hank Brandt. He played Brent. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first Brent we've had on an episode. How about that? Nice. I'd like to think that uh, he had trouble remembering his name. They're like, well, Brant and Brent are kind of close. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. 
Um, 118 titles for him. This is his only Golden Girls. He was in a few fun things like Kingpin and Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Seven episodes of Barnaby Jones. Mm-hmm. Nine episodes of a show called The FBI and another nine of a show called Combat, neither of which mm-hmm. that I had heard of. Mm-hmm. And then one episode of Wonder Woman. We've had a lot of people that were in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There must have been some recently people. even, right? Well, yeah, recently, but I mean, throughout the series, I feel like Wonder Woman, for a show that was as short-lived as it, I'm surprised at how many guest actors uh, overlap between the two. Uh, then we had uh, Marius Weyers. He played Derek. 97 titles for him. His only Golden Girls. Most of his stuff was foreign. I mean, a lot of um, non-English speaking roles and mm-hmm. other things were, were English, but you know, I think out of London or you know, yeah. out of England, I should say. What was Derek's real name? Uh, M-A-R-I-U-S. How would Marius? you say? Marius? Marius? Maurice? Maurice? Is that... Is that Maurice? I think there'd be M A U, but M A R I U S is Maurice. Marius. Yeah, I'm not. I would sure. pronounce it Marius. But yeah, I mean, I absolutely could be wrong, but yeah. that's uh, the way it looks to me, anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was in Blood Diamond, um, and he was in the 1982. Uh, he played the role of Bottom in 1982's <laughs> A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. So. I thought it would be worth. And then uh, we also had Neil Lerner. He was the rabbi. 63 titles for him. His only Golden Girls. He was another one that had a lot of good credits, um, even though not big roles. Uh, Seinfeld, Cheers, News Radio, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Frasier, and, uh, of course, who could forget him in his uh, very important role in uh, Batman Returns as Gothamite Number 2. Oh, breakout <laughs> role, I would <Yeah>. say. <laughs> exactly. It's what put him on the map. Career-defining. Career <laughs> so. So now we have all of our guest actors uh, covered. If in, if he's already passed, that was probably on his tombstone. If he is yet to pass, I can't see there's anything he's going to do beyond that. Yeah, that would you know warrant being on his tombstone more. <laughs> right. <laughs> or at least epitaph. So on his tombstone, the epitaph should just say Gothamite number two. <laughs> <laughs> Not even name. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> people will know. Yeah. Anyway. Kind of like, you know, Madonna yeah. or just Prince, right? Yep, exactly. So Brent's over here uh, looking through his phone, and I'm sure after seeing his shitting grin when I pronounce that guy's name, that he's trying to find out <laughs> if, <laughs> if Maurice is... Uh, or it's Apparently it's uh, Marius. Marius? Okay. Yeah. Um, so phonetically, they've got it spelled out like Marius, and I'm going to hit this little play so we can hear it All ourselves. Right. Marius. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. I think that's roughly how I pronounced yeah, it. Yeah, probably so. Anyways, now now we know definitively though that it's not Maurice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was. That's, I think that's what uh, like Rose said to Miles, mm-hmm. but like if she was Venom, right? <laughs> <laughs> like she had the uh, symbiote. Yep, exactly. All right. Um, so, who was your MVP, Alan? I gave it to Sophia. I thought she was really good in the episode. Mm-hmm. I think trying to solve the curse and whatnot yeah. was, was good. I enjoyed her throughout. Yeah, how about you, Stu? Same, actually. That's yeah. my exact same re- reasoning, too. I think that's our first uh, three-peat. Oh, really? first At least in a while, yeah. yeah. Um, anybody have a best line they want to give a shout-out to? Um, I mean, there wasn't anything that really stood out to me. I really enjoyed my final line about the story of more woe. Uh, that's good but as far as lines from the episode I didn't think there was one at least now off the top of my head that really blew me away yeah I thought I said mine earlier but I can't remember what I 
Did you have something, Brent, that, that really stood out for you? No. Okay. I did hope, um, like, when you're in your final scene, when you're talking about uh, Dorothy being mm. all about the Shakespeare, mm-hmm. I was hoping you'd refer to her as a Stratford-upon-Avon lady. Ah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I thought about trying to write something where I would put a lot of Shakespeare references in throughout, mm-hmm. but I am not well-versed enough. Yeah, that's the only one I know. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why my mind went there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many slices, Steve? Uh, I it really lost a lot for me because of that last scene. Also, mm-hmm. I think two, two. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, see, I actually liked the episode enough that I was able to forgive the last scene, and mm-hmm. I gave it six and a half. Oh wow! Yeah, I actually really liked it. I thought it was solid right up until that very last moment, and yeah, I tried to blind myself to that last moment because I didn't feel like it was fair to discount the rest of the episode. Oh, I did. I just one star, one, one slice, slice, one slice. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow! You, you and me give it a slice. It just yeah. got a star. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> No, I just, yeah, it just negated any goodwill that it would earn. That's totally fair. I have no issue with yeah. you taking that route, and I considered it, but ultimately decided to give him a pass for that one awful moment. Yeah. So, But yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to be competing for best episode ever either way, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a little surprised to hear how, how hard you two gave it, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't fault you for it. I fault. I fault Lex Viserys for it. <laughs> what about the guy involved in the transportation? Yeah, that's he, true. He's not innocent of this. <laughs> oh, don't blame Jeff for this. <laughs> so, how are we doing on time? Uh, we are not very far. I mean, we're, we're at uh, like 43 minutes, 44 minutes, something like that. I do have a little extra then if, uh, if you guys don't mind sitting for a couple extra minutes. Yeah, Please yeah, yeah. go ahead. Because uh, we do have some listener interactions that I saw come in, but I haven't actually even haven't actually oh, nice. even gone um, to take a look at them yet. I know who they're from, though. They're from from our one of our most loyal listeners, uh, Jennifer Balbo. Nice. Uh, Hello she, again. Yep, yeah, got a couple new messages from her, uh, and these were just from a couple days ago um, as we're recording this. Yeah. Um, but obviously, these will have been far in the past by the time they're here. Yeah, us. yeah. Um, but she said, uh, "I'm back in KC and catching Yay. up on the podcast." I'm on Rose Loves Miles, and let me just say that if Brent doesn't put out after eating lunch off your butt, he's definitely a tease. <laughs> I don't remember what we talked about that. No, week, I don't know. <laughs> we covered a lot of butt stuff. So That's I mean, true. Um, we would have that, I think. And then we also got, uh, she sent another one saying, uh, also we have Cirillas here in KC, so mm-hmm. while it may not be nationwide, it may be Midwest-wise. Gotcha. And back in the late 80s and early 90s, I managed a record store, and I'm sorry to burst your Brent is making band names up bubble, but they were all legit. Nice. Um, I think, I want to say the one that we really questioned, or at least that really made it seem like you could be lying, is uh, <laughs> Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the one that is fake. Oh, um, uh, it's from um, That Thing You Do. Oh, okay. Um, when the Wonders make the surf movie, that uh, was the name they were credited <laughs> as. <laughs> well, that, that's the one I think that threw everything in yeah. question for me. <laughs> she also went on to say that, I know you know, and we're just being a smart ass. She said the Goo Goo Dolls have been around since the 80s, and their first two albums were more punk versus what they eventually morphed into. Mm-hmm. And that old vinyl would, in fact, be pretty pricey. So. I didn't realize they were around for so long. Yeah, yeah I bet Brent knew that. Mm-hmm. We carried um, that stuff at Walmart, surprisingly enough. Like, the 
the pre Boy Named Goo albums. Mm-hmm. See, when I first, because I, I saw that one come in and about, and I haven't noticed the part where it said the Sorellas is here in KC and then getting, mm-hmm. he started at least the preview part of it that I saw pop mm-hmm. up. Um, started about the manager record store, and I was wondering, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's Karma Records since we oh, have yeah. one right next to the Sorellas here in yeah. town. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll definitely be replying to her here soon. Um, Definitely. Tell her welcome back stateside and everything. And this is a little bit further back. I think I mentioned it when it came in, but Lisa had sent us a message on Instagram also just saying that uh, we finally had gotten to her favorite episode, The Case of the Libertine Bell. Oh, nice. I think there's a lot of people that have their favorite episode here in Season 7. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of solid ones. Yeah. Um, I do think it hampers it a little bit for us, or at least for our rating system, Mm -hmm. all these two-part episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it makes it hard to give an overall rating. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it would be unfair to compare an hour-long episode against half-hour episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like well, we're doing it the right we're, way. We're giving two ratings, too. So, I mean, any I, I would say anytime you put like a half story versus a whole story, you're going to have a less of a rating, maybe. Although I don't think we really ever penalized a two-part episode for mm-hmm. being for not completing the story. I mean, I yeah. think that we've always... Yeah given it a rating based on the quality of that 20-odd minutes mm-hmm. of TV yeah. uh, without really holding it against it that it left a dangling you know, part mm-hmm. or started off in the middle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the only time... Yeah. We're not going to penalize you know, part one for what happened in part two. Right. But we will penalize part one for what currently happens in 2023. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how we roll. <laughs> With our woke goggles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Guys, all I can say to that is yuck. Yeah. <laughs> You're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so, anyway, I guess before we um, you know, offer up our standard benediction, um, if you're okay with it, I may just quote the bard one last oh, time. Oh, man. And say you can read an entire script if you want to. <laughs> no, no, no. All I want. Whatever's not copyrighted. I, I, <laughs> I, I think we're safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if Billy Shakespeare the Third is that litigious. <laughs> you saying that it just made me think of something. Me and Gwen were talking about the other day that I came to the conclusion that. Um, that his adults friends probably called him Bill Wonka. No. <laughs> you think his kids' friends called him Mr. Wonka? Perhaps, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. I like to think that the uh, the the uh, um, Oompa was called him Whitey. Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> No, they call him Hefe. <laughs> Touche. That's, I hope people remember that reference. Yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> ah, so golden lads and girls all must as chimney sweepers come to dust. Oh, very Say nice. Golden cocoa. <laughs> very nice, Brent. I like that closing. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. 
We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. I have boys. Yeah. <laughs> and they go over and help quite a bit, I think. So. You're talking about his testicles, right? Five boys. Yeah. Five testicles. <laughs> yes. <exactly. laughs> so it's you know, a relative bunch down there. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bag of grapes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we may have discussed this sometime, um, and we'll see if it stays in the podcast. But if you had to choose, Brent and, and Ski, the question will come to you next. Between either having one uh, one testicle that was the size of a uh, like a cantaloupe, oh, or, or, a, or like a hundred testicles that look like a bag of grapes uh, down there, like a decent sized bag of grapes, which one do you choose? I mean, I guess the hundred, you know, mm. I think if you have like one large one, it would you know, appear your like ability to walk. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that just as far as sitting down, mm. it would be awkward. Yeah. But if you've got a hundred smaller ones, you could position that and distribute the weight a bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they can kind of work their way into the crevice. Of exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. I'd say that's, I think that's the right my, answer. My rationale is the same. Oh, very <laughs> nice.